0: This is the Dice Tower Network at dicetowernetwork.com.
1: Welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names, proud member of the Dice Tower Network. My name is Marty. Hey, and we got Tony over here. And this is episode 36, Devil Went Down to Georgia. Now, as always, we pick our themes for a reason, and Tony picked, again, picked the name of this episode, and Tony, I'll let you explain why.
0: Well, you know, we've been messing around, and and a guy who has really helped us grow our show, because we've listened to him, he gives us some great ideas. For some odd reason, has nothing to do tonight, and has decided to join us. So we have a special guest star tonight, guys. We have got from the cardboard jungle and Marty. Are, are you going to get his music on here too? Be able to maybe cue it up before we go through the full introduction. Uh, if he sends me a copy of it, I will. Okay, well, we'll expect him to send a, a copy. <laughs> where I, I, you might be able—I don't know—you can work some audio magic over there. It's all thing. But anyway, we are talking about the one, the only. Anthony, Rocano. No, that's not right. Rocano? No. Rocano. We had this Recano. discussion.
1: Because up I know there it's
0: pecans and here it's pecans. So it's Rocano. Once again, we have this cultural divide between the North and the South. <laughs> and, I, and I just don't understand it. Anthony, welcome to Rolling Dice and Taking Names. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really do appreciate it.
2: Oh, you're uh Tommy Morty you're very welcome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it,
0: isn't it supposed to be Anthony?
2: It, Anthony? Yeah, it's it's Anthony if you're a- Italian Anthony. and from New York. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh man. Well so so where is Paul? Is he is he um I know I said bring him on like a last minute notice is going to happen. I know how hard it is to get a show together. So um where's Paul tonight?
2: Uh Paul is with his kids. Um uh, Matt is home with his wife, so you just got me. You got the uh the New York third of uh, Cardboard Jungle. Well,
0: that's enough. I don't think we can well, handle I mean, more than one anyway. Uh, oh, I know very well then. Well, I know you didn't get the sweet tea we ordered yet. And one thing I want to remind you of, Anthony, is you know, um, you, you mentioned about a bunch of good old boys sitting on the front porch and the rocking chair. Don't do that. Marty gets very mad at me when I'm rocking in the chair and I'm going close to the mic and away from the mic and close to the, <laughs> the mic. He doesn't <laughs> like that too much, okay?
2: All right, I'll try, I'll try and do that. I have my desk and chair stationary tonight. I have a tendency to be fidgety, so I I, I don't sit on a chair that swivels because uh-huh. then all you hear during the entire show is eh, 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 and it sounds like something totally different. Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: Well, oh, hey, that, that gives me a good lean. The best thing that's ever happened on our show, one of the funniest things, is when one of our guest speakers had a toilet flush behind him and it was on air. That was awesome. Well, what about you? What, what's the best thing that's ever happened over at the Cardboard Jungle that you've gotten on air? Can you, I, I know this is out of the blue, but you just made me think about the chair going, and it sounds like something else. But we're going to keep it clean. It's Dice Tower Network here.
2: All right. Where I used to have the computer and mic set up to record, um, in my family room, in like a little alcove in the corner, Uh, so one night my wife was running the dryer, which I didn't even realize it was on. So there was like a little hum in the background, which was fine. We was able to take it out. But like right in the middle of a moment of silence, the buzzer went off that it was done. And we just broke out laughing. We had to stop. We actually recorded the entire segment over again. So we really haven't had any of those big moments like that. Um, we don't do a lot of editing on the show. We do a lot of one takes. I may take out sometimes when someone pauses because they are thinking too long about an answer, but if you listen to us, all the ums and the uhs and the os and those things stay in because it's a lot of work to edit, so I don't want to do it.
1: <laughs> and, and you're talking about editing a nice, long three-hour show, which would take forever
0: if you tried to take out every um
2: if i did the show would be like 35 minutes long
0: (laughs) don't don't even go there we've we've heard your discussions on the show i mean you have some very insightful ones no uh, i mean with without a doubt there's our key there's my key phrase so well uh first off i want to point out now i noticed have you thought out up there because i was seeing some pictures you had posted out there on the dice Tower network page and it was like you had a ton of snow up there
2: yeah at one point we had about Four feet of snow on the deck. In the back, I took a picture of my son standing next to it. Um, it's pretty much all gone. I posted a Twitter picture yesterday of this little patch. It's got to be about like ten by ten that has not melted on my lawn. Uh, but other than that, we've had some rain the past few days, so it's melted pretty much everything. So now I go from my least favorite thing of shoveling snow to, in a couple weeks, my least other least favorite thing, uh, mowing grass. I'm from the Bronx. So we don't have grass.
1: Yeah, see, I kind of like mowing the yard. It's kind of my uh, 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 sanctuary, I guess, for a little while. I'll hop on the mower, put in some iTunes, and like, just ride around for an hour and a half.
2: If I could hop on the mower, I'd have <laughs> My wife won't let me get a riding one. We don't have a big enough piece of land.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that that's, uh, makes a difference.
0: Well, see, Mario lives out there in the sticks, and I'm, I'm not far from him, but I don't have it. I got a little push mower, too, so... Yeah, we're already mowing grass down here. So, I mean, you know, we we busted 80 degrees um, down here today, and uh, poor people in Minnesota are getting 6 inches, 10 inches of snow tonight. I I hope you got some good weather up there.
2: Uh, It's a little bit rainy and muggy, but uh, it's it's not so bad. I'll take it over the snow. I'll take it over the extreme heat, too. I don't like that either.
0: Well, don't come down here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Well, have you ever been to uh, the Dice Tower Con down in Florida?
2: I went the first year that they had it, Um and I'm going back this year. So mm. I'm, I'm going to try to make it an every other year thing. The first year I went by accident, I I had heard about it. I wanted to go. I did not have the guts to ask my wife if we could go down to Florida. Um, <laughs> but it just so happened she wanted to take the kids to Disney. And she, I said, well, when do you want to go? And she said, well, we should go for like Fourth of July week. I'm like, well, I'm supposed to go to a convention in New Jersey that week. But you know what? There's one down in Florida. We can I'll go to that one instead. She's like, okay, no problem.
1: So-, so wait a minute. You went down there with your wife and children, and they went to Disney, and you went to the convention.
2: All right. Let me clarify. We went down. <laughs> we went down several days earlier. Uh, my wife, the three kids we have together, and my in-laws. We drove down. We went to Disney for four days. Then I went to the convention for four days, and they went to um, other places. So they went to go swim with dolphins and another water park, and so they had things to do. That's not that I, I left her alone with the children; she had her parents there. So,
1: wow, that's an awesome wife right there. Well,
2: I'll take it when I can get it. I mean, I, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I like
0: how you were able to swing it. That was pretty sweet. I, I, I was impressive. I like that. Now I was, I was telling Marty that it's kind of interesting and now congratulations three years cardboard jungle's been on the air for uh, three years correct uh, just about three years just yeah. about three years and um, I was going back in episode one I found it very interesting that what got you started and I know you're you' into heroescapes, and i I really hate I miss that drug addiction um when it came out because I, I know you can tell talk to us all about that but you and paul played together and then sometime you just walked up to him and said hey paul you know uh, enjoy your time We're, we live four hours away and are you interested in doing a podcast and and you kind of you know egged him on with buying games and things like that marty am i am i sounding kind of familiar here yeah it kind of sounds like us Exactly. So so what what may uh, you just wanted to talk to Paul some and just see what happens?
2: Well, what we did was um I live in New York and Paul lives in Boston uh, area and uh we used to go to tournaments that were all in the northeast. So whether they were up in uh in Connecticut or in his neck of the woods or upstate New York we'd always meet at these conventions, you know, every couple of months somebody would have a convention. Uh we decided at one point Paul was actually running one in his area. And we decided to form a league because all the same people were making the same trip. So we said, you know what? Let's create a, a, the Heroescape Cup. And we invented this whole thing. We had a whole league. It was the, it was called Nessa, the Northeast Scapers Association. We had, uh, ID badges and everything. And so we started doing this. And then we went to TotalCon for the first time. Uh, the year before we went to another convention and we ran Heroescape there. So we decided to go to TotalCon to run Heroescape. At that event. So we went, and while we were there, we started playing some other games. And we liked it. So the next year we went back, we ran HeroScape again, and we played more games of other types. And the next year we went, we didn't run HeroScape. <laughs> well, we ran it. We didn't play any. We just played other games. And that was the one where I said to him, you know, we're playing a lot of games, and we're sitting there. We're talking about them all the time. We're talking about them in emails. You know, we were both on the HeroScape side at the time. We were talking in instant messages over there. And I said, you know, let's let's do a podcast. I said, we sit here at these conventions and sit here and talk about it all the time. And people s- seem to keep listening to us when we have these conversations and they join in. I said, we don't really need them to join in necessarily. We can just sit there and talk. I said, I don't even care if anybody listens. Let's just do it. Because the thing is, Paul and I are good friends, but we live not near each other. Mm-hmm. So the fact that these Hero Escape events were not happening now, we were not be able to talk all the time. So the one or two times a year we got together wasn't enough for the hanging out and the, just the cool part of just you know being friends and talking about games. So I kind of created the podcast just to be able to hang out and talk to Paul. Um, if nobody listened, I didn't really care. I would have just told them people were listening to make them feel good about it. But it <laughs> it really started it's just, it's just a way for me to be able to hang out and talk to Paul. You know because guys can't do that in a whole. Let's talk on the phone for you know an hour. Like what you know what are you doing? <laughs> I
1: told you Tony and I do that all the time. <laughs> hey, what are you wearing today? I don't know what you wearing. Hey, I got these in these shoes. What you? Know, what do you think of them?
0: Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> I hear you, man. Uh, yeah, go on with that. There's, well, that that's kind of neat and. And what's kept you going? I mean, here, here, Marty and I. You know, uh, we celebrated our one year, and we appreciate you sending us the um, little spot to put in our show. Yes, that was a dig at you.
1: I was going to say he didn't send anything.
0: I know he didn't send the nice thing. The there. nice
1: people, and not just another podcast,
0: did.
2: He sent it late. That's true. well, yeah. <laughs> <it is. laughs> uh,
0: but no, just just picking with you, man. But but what's kept you going for three years? I mean, do I have? I guess I'm. 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 Am I seeing the future here? Am I seeing what's going to drive, you know, Marty and I to continue this for three for two more years? What kept you going?
2: It's still fun. Okay. See, when we started out in this whole thing, and there's a reason why, like I said uh, before we got on the air, we don't have an actual schedule. We don't do a you know every two weeks on Thursday we release because I never wanted to feel like work. And there's times it does feel like work, but th- we don't get paid to do this. We do this for fun. Uh, we do this to entertain other people. If other people are listening and they're enjoying it, great. I don't need it to be, you know, 20,000 people. Even if only a hundred people were listening, if 50 people were listening and they enjoyed it, it's fun to do. When it stops becoming fun to do, that's when I stop doing it. Wait a minute. You,
1: you don't get any money from the Dice Tower Kickstarter project?
2: No, none of us got any money from
0: Kickstarter. Variety. I'm
1: kidding. <laughs> and, uh, which I just mentioned that because actually people had asked before. Are you guys getting any money from the at the Kickstarter? I went, no, we don't get see a diamond. that's not for us.
2: Yeah, people ask me too. Like, so how much of that do you get? I'm like, Zippo, and that's fine because that's not. I didn't raise that money. You know, we that's had fine. our own little crowdfunding thing we did and we got enough money to pay to put the show on so it wasn't coming out of our pocket, you know, but if I had to come out of my pocket to do it and it was still fun, I would still do
1: it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I will admit the uh, the Dice Tower, like last year for us, they did take that nice ad out on the back of the Gen Con program, which is pretty slick. So um, little things like that, but that that's, that's about it.
2: Yeah, it was actually funny that we actually got on the network because when I had gone down to Dice Tower Convention that first year. Uh, we had only had like two episodes out at the time. Um, and I had known Tom because Tom came, comes to TotalCon. And I went down there and, you know, he said, how's the podcast going? I said, oh, it's, you know, two episodes in. It's going slow. And that was pretty much you know, all it was. And then by the time Gen Con rolled around, we had our fifth or sixth episode out. And, uh, he catches me in the, the board game room. He's like, how many episodes do you have? I said, we just released five. I got six coming out when I get back. He's like, oh, do you want to join the network? And I looked at him and I was like, really? <laughs> um, and the thing is, we are actually part of another network also. When I started doing this, uh, a friend of mine who I went to high school with mm-hmm. uh, runs a network, the, the Chronic Riff Network. And they do a lot of uh just pop culture stuff in general. They have a show that's all about the $6 million man. And they have a show that's all about Batman. And start about books and science fiction TV shows and movies and all that other stuff. And John had asked me at one time if I wanted to do a segment on his show, which I did. But it was me talking to myself, and I like to talk. I don't like talking to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I do it sometimes, but I don't like to do it. <laughs> uh, so I did it. I did a couple of shows, little spots on their show, and. I didn't enjoy it because I like talking about games, but I was talking to myself. And that's when I did the podcast. I said, I asked John, I said, John, can we be on the network? I have no idea how to post this stuff online at the time. I really wasn't that, had no concept of editing or even recording a show of what that was all about. So John's like, yeah, that would be great. So that's how we started. And this, so when Tom asked me, I was like, I'm already like on this other network. And he's like, is there any reason you can't be on both? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll find out. <laughs> So I asked John, and John's like, "Oh, that's, that's fantastic!" So we've been on both networks since episode five, nice or six of the show. So uh, it's been fun. That's that's the main thing. It's, it's a fun thing to do.
1: Yeah, well, when you got great co-hosts that are a lot, of,
0: you know, they're fun, and lively. It does keep it fun.
1: Well, when they I, show up, I'm still looking for one of those.
0: Uh, well, excuse me, <laughs> and I understand that because you know it's not like you need me to talk or anything. I can just sit here and look pretty. Not that anybody can see me, but that's okay.
2: Well, wait, hold on. Here we go. Here we go. I can, I can actually see Tony, and this is the first time I've actually seen him smile.
0: (laughs) I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. I've been trying to set this up. (laughs) Hey, okay, okay. uh, First, let me just say this: when he does those shots for Twitter, he doesn't. It looks like he's taking a shot of the board game. Not me, not anybody else. And next thing I know, I'm posted on Twitter over there, and it's like, man, I'm one of the most grumpy gusses. In the S, the PSAs, my wife has already told me, you have got to get more lively. Look at Marty. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'm the serious one. Okay, fine. I'm, we're just, we're just going to go for it. Oh, which brings me, so, you know, we do a segment on our show called At the Table where we ask questions at our local game club. And one of them was, you know, what is the... Biggest pet peeve you have in board gaming, and you know people have sent in not helping me clean up, texting while I play, things like that. Anthony, what is your biggest pet peeve, man? All right,
2: we we did an episode about pet peeves, and I and I mentioned this. Wait a minute, which
0: episode is that? Let me go mark it so I can listen to it and add some more to our it. PSA. It
2: says I think it's like number eleven.
0: Number eleven,
2: uh, okay. But the one thing that drives me crazy, and it's really silly and stupid, um, is. When somebody opens up a game and then takes the bottom of the box and tucks it in the lid, <laughs> it's silly and stupid.
1: What? <laughs> okay. Why so does that bother you?
2: It it. Bo- I, I'm I'm used to doing a lot of uh, demo stuff at conventions and playing at conventions, and I do what's called the convention tuck, where you take yes. the lid and you stand it up on its side and you mm-hmm. slide the other thing in. But when you take the game. And nest it inside the lid. It drives me, it's my game, especially. If it's your game, it doesn't bother me as much (laughs) because I know what's going to happen is you never take it out of the nesting position before you start filling it back up. Uh huh. So now you filled up the bottom of the box with all of the components. And now you have to do this little thing with your fingers and tuck them in the sides to pull
0: it out. Uh huh.
2: I'm not, I'm not really, you know, anal about my games, like if, if my game gets a little and ding in the corner, I don't really care. Um, but it just it irks me that someone doesn't even think, and they just tuck it in. Here we go, tuck it into the box, and it that drives me insane. I, I get a little twitchy sometimes. But other stuff, really, I don't have a lot of pet peeve things that will like this make me shake. That's <laughs> one of them.
1: <laughs> I don't know if we can do a whole whole PSA on that though, Tony.
0: Oh, the box yo. tuck. And we only got two minutes. I think we can figure that one out. Where, where we'll take a box and we'll rip the corners or something as you pull it out. It'd be like doing chalk on a cardboard. Bo- you know, for for you know. Need need to do one just specially, especially dedicated to Anthony.
2: I mean, one of my things. Is I have these big meat hook hands too. So, I don't, my fingers. <laughs> if I have to slide my fingers to the sides of the box, something is getting ripped or bent. So,
0: well. But some of the boxes, you know, to save costs, it's not that really good, or they won't tuck the image over the side, you know, to protect. And you and you can get paper cuts, too. I've had that happen on some of the cheaper ones. It's unreal. So, once again, you are, you are providing a service that protects game players. It's a safety thing. Brilliant, sir. Absolutely brilliant.
2: Yeah. The problem with doing the pet peeves is everybody who knows you will just do it on purpose just to drive you crazy.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well you do a lot of demoing at conventions you just said i mean what which ones do you do What type of games do you do i mean I, I could just see you leading an rpg i could just yeah that's you isn't it uh
2: no actually not i played <laughs> I, I played a lot of rpgs growing up um i cut my teeth in dungeons and dragons i played top secret i played the marvel superheroes the old marvel superheroes tsr game um I actually played D&D a couple of years back with uh, my friend John I mentioned earlier and some other people I went to high school with. We actually got together and started playing on Google Hangout. It was pretty fun. Um, but I really do not get a lot of RPG playing in now, only because I just don't have the time for it. Uh, but I do a lot of demoing for, uh, for AEG. At Gen Con, I run the board game area for them. So all of their board game events, basically I am in charge of that staff that does that. Um, so we do big game night and all that. Uh, but I will teach any game that I feel comfortable teaching. Even some I don't feel comfortable teaching. Just ask Eric Summerer about Total Con. Uh, <laughs> all right. If you listen to Dice Tower and you heard the story about how bad the rules for Steam Park were. Right. That mm-hmm. was me.
1: Oh, okay. And
2: that was only because I had played it very late the first night we were there. Uh-huh. And thought I remembered the rules. Which was not a good idea. But anyway, (laughs) I digress.
1: So you said that you um, led the staff that uh, taught board games for AEG at Gen Con. Then you probably know a good friend of ours that's locally in Charlotte, uh, Lee Shelton.
2: I know Lee very well. Yep. Lee is one of my guys. Well, Lee, I I actually have to battle for every year uh, when he comes. Because they want him in the dealer hall doing the demos in the booth. And I want him in the board game hall doing the events for me, so we kind of, last year we had, a, we had a, a trading thing where I got him a little bit of time and then they got him a little bit of time, which I think he actually liked doing both. But uh, if I could get Lee on my team, I will take Lee.
0: Yep. Yeah, and one of the things you just mentioned about explaining games, and we've pointed out on our show that I'm <clears throat> probably one of the worst at explaining games, and, it, and it's a talent. And Lee, I, Marty and I have experienced this. He's taught us games. He just has a knack. For picking up the rules and digesting them, and then I'll go ahead and say, regurgitating them out to where you can quickly understand the game. It, it, it amazes me. I mean, it, it, he's he's just very good at that, and he's also an awesome net runner player. But that's oh my another gosh. thing. Yeah, and I always get stuck playing him in tournaments too.
2: All right, so I won't play him at Gen Con.
0: No, if, if don't. He offers- don't. <laughs> no, well, I will tell you what, play him, and you'll. If you've hmm, never, you learn something. You will learn something. You will learn a mechanic of a card that you were like, really, it does that. And so it, he he does an incredible job with that. But he does he does at our game club when he when he's there he teaches the games and you you do you quickly learn the games from Lee and it, it's a talent. I, I it's amazing. I just I wish a little bit of that rub over to me so I'm not still looking at my wife and she's ripping the uh, rule book from my hand saying it doesn't say that or you didn't read that right. I just anyway.
2: Yeah, the, te- the teaching games at, at like a convention like a Gen Con is a totally different thing because you have um, two different kinds of teaching. You have the in the booth demo teaching, which you're basically trying to just get the whole concept of the game and give everyone a taste of what's going on. Um, so that's really quick. And the, the good thing about doing these conventions and things like that is you teach the same game over and over. So I don't know if in your actual day jobs if you do like uh, customer service calls or you have to explain the same thing constantly to people – um, uh, you sort of have a script, even if it's in your head, but it comes very naturally as you keep saying it, the same thing over and over, but it's, it, it's a script. So mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like when you do the demos or when you run the events there, cause you may run like six different sessions of smash up there in a day. And you know, you can kind of know what people are going to ask, what questions are going to come up. So you can even just rattle it off. The explanation of the rules is quick. There's a flow to it. Um, Picking up a rule book, though, to me, and reading it and teaching a game is not very easy for me. I would rather someone teach me how to play the game. Once you teach me how to play, I can explain it to someone else, but teaching it from a rule book is not really my strong suit.
1: Well, and I think that's where the uh, the guys who do the playthrough videos, such as Rodney and um, Rado run through it, um, are so popular because it is a lot easier watching those videos and watching several turns as opposed to sitting down and trying to read it through the rule book.
2: Yeah, but Roddo will tell you, do not use him in replacement of reading the rules, because he does miss stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure.
1: In <laughs> fact, I was, yeah. I, was telling, <laughs> I was telling Tony today that, for me, the best way to do it is take one of those videos, watch it, and then go back and look at the rule book, because you'll just pick things up quicker. Yeah, and, and you'll definitely. probably pick up one where a, a rule maybe was misplayed on the video or something, but it's just seeing the pieces being used and, and whatnot. is a
0: lot easier to follow than when you read through the rules. Exactly. Uh, all right. So, changing subjects here. So, when you get together, I know y'all have your game how often do you have like game night or things like that? I mean, do you have a game club up in the um, Northern neck of the, your woods up there? How, how is it done up there down here? You know, it's like <laughs> up it, there, it, up you, there, you know, it's yeah. like the same country and everything, right? Okay. You drive across a certain Mason Dixon line and it's like, you go to a, I know, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, no, it's great. Uh, from, but it, it We didn't really a guy Alex who created our game club here. He got it kind of going. We really it didn't really happen that fast down here. How long have game clubs been up there? I mean, this hobby seems to be new, but it really isn't. Yeah, I'm not making any sense here. You ain't making any
1: sense. So maybe you need to segue to another question.
0: No, I'm sticking to this. I will succeed. How many game clubs? You can do it. I got this I got this. Hey
1: Anthony, uh, who do you get? Who do you get to get to get up there and play games with? Is it a game club or something
2: like oh, that?
0: How about that? anybody could have freaking said that? Anybody?
2: Uh, normally, my most of my gaming is done with my my sons. Uh, I have three of them. So uh, my oldest is twenty. My middle guy is going to be thirteen, and my youngest is seven. And then I have a uh, daughter who's the twin of the middle boy. Uh, my wife will play games once in a while. There are two game stores that I go to. One is by my house, and one is by my office, which is about 45 minutes away. They happen to be owned by the same people, which is pretty cool. Um, so I'll go in there once in a while, and I'll, and I'll catch a game with people there. The one that's by my office now, uh, one of my friends who is a game designer, actually just moved to where I near where I work. So we meet over there uh, when we can. We're actually trying to get some more people rounded up so we can have a more regular game group. I go to a lot of local conventions. That's where I do a lot of my gaming with uh, all adults.
1: <laughs> right. Mm-hmm.
2: But uh, my kids have been playing games since they were little. Um, Dylan, my middle one, who's going to be 13, has been playing Heroes games since he was four. And I took him to his first tournament when he was five and told me he just there to watch, and he got all upset. So... Two months later at the next one, he came and he played. and I think he came in fourth. So um, my kids like to play games. Now my little one is getting into more advanced kind of games. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I never am short of people to play games with. Now, on the flip side, my older son lives with his mother. Um, so he's not here all the time. But whenever he comes, he knows he's coming and it's game day. You know, he doesn't get to come and just hang out of the house. He's coming here to play. Um but I, I will play with games with anyone I can. I try to get some people at work to play games once in a while. Doesn't always work out, but uh, I, I like to play a lot of games now. Uh, when I look for a game, I like games that actually play well solo. Right. Because there are times like you know this time of night when we're recording here where everyone's in bed. I want to play something. You know, I'll break out something. on I'll play Eldritch Tar or you know I will play games on my iPad. You know either against the AI or find people online to play with. I prefer to play the physical games over the electronic versions, but, you know, it's still gaming. Gaming is gaming. If you get to do it. It's it's a good day.
1: All right. Well, I'll tell you, we really have been successful using the whole meetup uh, when the guy who started the club started that. It seems like a lot of people go to that site to find things they have in common with other people. And uh, so you never know. I mean, if you start a meetup group, Uh, People just kind of will get on that site and just search for gamers and then there you'll pop up. And we, uh, you know, have constantly 30 to 35 people strong three times a month um, at an event. And this uh, weekend, this will be released after it's over. But this coming Saturday is International Tabletop Day and our club is sponsoring an event. And the last time I checked, we have 56 signed up for it. And that's just generally from our club. So it's done wonders for us.
2: Yeah, I'm a little jealous of you guys because we there, – there's a club that meets uh, – it's probably about 45 minutes from here, which for me is not that far to go to game. I used to drive four hours to go to a Heroescape tournament and drive back on the same day. Um, but, you know, it, with the wife and the kids and the job and everything, it's not so easy to, to get out and do stuff. My kids are in like – 10,000 activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so I game when I can, where I can, with who I can. Uh, there is a, a large group, like I said, that's not that far away. I just haven't been able to hook up, uh, with them to go and, you know, maybe I'll try to go like, you know, every other one that they have. Right. So at least, at least meet the people. So then I'd like to have a small group, a regular group. That's what I'm trying to accomplish now because I'd like to have a small group. So it doesn't have to be, let's meet at the game store. You know, if there's four of us, come over to my house. Next week, we'll go to your house kind of thing. That And that works for me.
1: Yeah, and that's where we've really gotten lucky with this game club because from all those people, Tony and I have gotten pretty close with, you know, a handful, seven or eight people. And so now it's real easy. You know, we'll get an invite. Hey, four or five of us are getting together, come to my house to play, or we'll, you know, we'll invite people over. So it's really cool from that larger group, you do find people your same age and stuff you have a lot of same interest in that you just kind of break off into little smaller groups so they're a little more intimate you can be more impromptu so that, that's really kind of cool
0: now i will tell you this anthony as your daughter gets older and the boys start coming around that's another gaming group that can join you
2: oh i've already warned her that you know whoever she brings to the house to meet me has to like play games whether they actually like to play the games, they have to like playing games with me. If they'll come down and sit and play a game with me, that they're cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's a I've, good test.
0: I, and actually, I've, I've had um, my daughter's uh, boyfriend and a good friend of him. They actually, it was kind of, it was one of those deja vus where she's like, Dad, they've asked to come play a game. I'm like, okay, let's bring it. And they, they want to play one of the long games. I'm like, what do you mean by long games? Uh, she goes, I don't know, just that. that game about killing monsters or something. Oh, Eldritch. Yeah. Eldritch. Okay. So I get ready. and I start breaking it out and they're like, how long is this thing? And I go, well, it depends. Most people can do it in four hours, but with you guys, it's probably going to be five or six. Uh, no, we can do that. So, so we broke out a worker placement game and that was amazing to them. But once again, bringing the youth along, see, we, we as gamers provide a service. There's no doubt about it.
2: Yeah. I do it with my, my son's friends. Like, they'll come over for a sleepover and, you know, they'll come the first time they come, you know, they're on the Xbox and they're yelling, you know, at each other. And I'm like, you do this online. You yell at each other over the headphones. Why do you have to be here? And then after a while, I'm like, okay, let's turn it off. We're going to play a game. So now these same kids come over now and it's like, Oh, Mr. Riccana, what game are we going to play? And I'm like, Oh, well, here's our choices. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I'm trying to get them, them more in the, the boy who lives next door, you know, when he comes over, he's like, oh, can we play that zombie game? I'm like, I'll set it up. <laughs> so um, I- I'm working on it. So. Yeah,
1: and that's true. I mean, uh, my oldest son, who was a senior, has started a game club at his high school. They meet once a week and have five to ten people that will hang around after school playing board games. Uh, Both he and my middle son have gotten their friends in RPGs and he has them over in here and they run RPG sessions for their friends. So, no, I think it's great to game with your, your kids because they share it with their friends and it just grows from there.
2: Yeah. I'll give a piece of advice to any parents that are listening that have children they want to game with do not let them win. Oh,
0: no, no, no. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> no, and I, I don't mean like take it easy on them. <laughs> I don't even mean take it easy on them and not let them win. Just drive them into the ground. No. <laughs> no.
1: I I, 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 th- I don't know. We, maybe we've had this discussion before, Tony, but I agree. I mean, okay, My well, I have one son that was, um you know, seven, eight years old. I was trying to teach games. Maybe I took it a little bit easy on him, but no, my other ones, no. But they don't, they don't take it easy on me. Why should I take it easy on them?
2: Exactly. You have to teach the kids, not the fact that, you know, you just lose graciously. But my kids will... Anytime I win a game, I, I don't throw it back in their face that I won. Um, well, with the exception of if halfway through the game, they're ahead by a lot, and they start throwing it in my face, and I come back and beat them. Oh, yeah. I, I'll throw it back in their face, and then when they start getting a little pout, I'll be like, okay, this is why we don't gloat. Because unless you are at the finish line, do not look back.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, next, Total Con. Very interested in that. I know, do you, did you do any hosting there? I mean, you, you did the demos and all that. How long has that been going on up there? That's one thing that Marty and I, we've got Mace down here in November. Y'all do Total Con in the, what, January timeframe, February? It's time? Fe-
2: February. Last weekend, last weekend in February.
0: Is it because it's just so cold y'all need to get out of the house or something? What's <laughs> going on up there?
2: Uh, well, Total Con has been around for, I think it's 28 years now. Wow. Wow. Um, so TotalCon started mostly as an RPG event, and they recently run it the last weekend in February because the schools in Massachusetts are closed that week. Um, oh. We have Chris. Uh, this was living up in the north. Is uh, you have your Christmas break, then you go back to school for like a month and a half, and then they give you a week off. And the reason they started doing this is so they could close the schools, so they wouldn't have to burn fuel. Mm. Okay. Um, so they have a winter break that they started doing. It's Energy Conservation Week is what they used to call it back when I was, when I was younger. Uh, so that's the week that the, school, the schools are closed, so that's the week they always have it. Uh, it has snowed every year that we've gone. This is our fifth or sixth year that we've gone to this thing. Uh, it started out very RPG-oriented. Uh, the first year we went, we were in the area that had the board games. Like half of the room was people playing miniature games. There was some board game stuff going on. We had like eight tables of Heroescape going on. Uh, but slowly, year after year, the board game area has increased more and more and more. So much so that we've actually busted out of the ballroom itself. There's a little room on the side where they run like the tournament stuff. Uh, they have like a Settlers uh, qualifier every year there and a few other games qualifiers. They run those in a separate room now because there's no room for it now. Um, it's the little convention that just outgrew... It's space. There's still a ton of RPG stuff going on, but, uh, the board game area, you know, I think Tom may have had something to do with it. The first year he came up, it started like people going, Oh, this is a con- there's a convention right around the corner from us. We had no idea. Uh, so more and more people are coming. The- we have to see the same people every year. And then every year, a few more people, we lure them in. And then we see them again next year. And they've lured a few more people in. So, I'm gonna guess that maybe next year will be the last year they'll have it at this particular hotel, only because they cannot hold us anymore.
1: How many people do you think attend?
2: There is probably about seven hundred people attending. Uh and this isn't like a big huge, you know, hotel. This is a little hotel in the middle of a small town in uh in Massachusetts. So uh it, it's a good number of people. We have the the main ballroom that side room, that's all just board games and so a little bit of miniature games. Um, the entire lobby is like a big atrium. That is pretty much all RPGs. And then all of the little meeting rooms on the sides are all RPGs.
1: Oh, okay. That's interesting. The um, the mace that we have here is about the same size. Last year, I think they had like 640, 650. So I guess it's probably about the equivalent size type of um Con, and it's funny, you say that it was heavy RPG with more board games showing up. That's kind of exactly what's happening here. It was really more focused as an RPG-type con when it moved to Charlotte a couple of years ago. The coordinator really wanted to bring more focus to board games and miniatures, and they've been doing that over the years. So it really kind of seems like the same kind of evolution, uh, same thing as TotalCon.
2: Yeah, well, the RPG thing, thing is never going to die out because the people who come there, um, they have some very cool guests who come every year. Um, Frank Metzger and Tim Kask come every year. Uh Frank Metzger is one of the original TSR guys. Mm-hmm. Um So actually every year he runs an original D&D uh, session with the original little white pamphlet books. Nice. Uh, so it's like a big thing to get into that group. But there's a lot of like smaller uh, independent guys who come to there also – uh, the Pathfinder Society is there every year. So there's people playing Pathfinder in all different versions of D&D. Um, one of the other conventions we go to uh, in New Jersey, they have a whole slew of RPG things going on. Stuff, stuff that you've never even heard of. Um, some homemade, home-brewed stuff. So, you know, RPGs are still around. You know, The thing is that a lot of places, it's not like a Gen Con. There's still a large amount of RPGing going on at Gen Con. It's just not smack in front of everybody. That's mm-hmm. why you don't see it. A lot of the stuff happens in the ballrooms at the hotels that are attached to the convention center. So you don't get to see a lot of that stuff that's going on. Uh, but RPGs are still big, you know. It, it, it's a point of entry that if you're interested in it is not that hard to get into. Uh, almost every system I've ever seen has a very basic beginner. Mm -hmm. box set that you can get in and play and then it's just whatever you want to make of it you know it's one of those things that people sometimes i think now in this day and age uh and the reason why i don't play usually it's just a time thing you know to get together once a week and play for a few hours you know people don't want that's why people watch an entire series on netflix instead of watching it you know every week waiting for the next episode to come out
1: binge watching
2: Um, yeah you, you want to binge play, and that's what these conventions help them do. You know, there are some things that, you know, they run for six hours and it's one little scenario that you run through. But then there's a couple of events that pretty much people who come, it's not an official event, but guys who come and they'll play from Thursday through Sunday, a campaign. hmm. Straight through. So, it, it's, it's, it's still alive. It's kicking. Oh, you know, yeah. And
1: uh, this year at Gen Con, I mean, I'm sure Wizards will be out there full force with D&D next. So I'm sure that's going to be a huge thing at Gen Con this year.
2: Yeah, and they'll have... See, the difference with that is they'll have a section in the main uh, convention center right? That. Uh It may be not in, like, the main thoroughfare. You may be walking past it, but they'll have, like, part of the, one of the extra ballrooms on the side or one of the rooms upstairs. But, again, like, um, AEG has the... Uh, the L5R RPG, that was run in a ballroom across the street. And then in that same hotel, there were other little ballrooms that had different RPG events. So it's there. It's just you have to find it sometimes.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I mean, and you're right. They typically would do set those up aside from every other place because it's just a bunch basically of round tables sitting there with groups at each table playing their own session. Now, of course, what's different, like you mentioned, was – D and D usually they take up a huge room and put up all their banners and posters and have a main table up front where you register, but that's just for the big boys.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the other thing about it is it's not a, it's not a visual thing for passerby's usually, right? You know, whereas a board game, someone walking by can say, "Oh, what is that?" and you know, no one's explaining, no one's telling a story in the middle of what you're doing. So you can actually stop maybe and say, "Oh, we're playing this game and it's about this and that." You can't really stop in the middle of your DM telling you you know, what's going on in the scenario and explain to somebody what it is you're doing. So,
0: okay. Now, uh, one of the reasons why people listen to both of our shows and well, well, we at least think the reason why is because of our insightful views on games. So for 2014, I'm putting you on the spot, Anthony, what game are you looking for in 2014? Uh,
1: Looking
2: forward to, or looking for
0: looking forward to, to, uh, that's
2: a, that's a good one. Uh, I have a, a list of things that are coming out that I'm really excited about playing. Um, I am not one of those people who's like, oh my god, this game's coming. I need it, need it, need it. Uh, there are games that are higher on the list of the I really like that. Uh, the uh, Marvel Dice Masters is probably the highest on my list for things I that I quote-unquote need to have. Uh, only because I know my kids would like playing that too. So we get played a lot.
0: Yeah, so and you, just, you just got Marty all excited over there. He's already on this, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I, I am. So at first, to be honest with you, when I heard about that game, I assumed Warriors with Marvel characters. But every person I've heard that has played that game said, do not assume it's just like Warriors and say it's probably more like magic than anything else. And to me, that, I've heard enough people say it's different enough Uh, And where they enjoy it more than Quarries that I'm really excited about. To the point, I did go and pre-order a copy. Luckily, I did because both online stores I use are now sold out of their pre-orders. So I was lucky and did get one. So I, too, am very excited about that. And I think the release date is April 24th.
2: Yeah. The thing that threw me off about that was um, when the Lord of the Rings dice game came out. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I had not gotten Quarriers yet. I'd played it, and I had heard the Lord of the Rings was coming out. I'm like, you know what? If it's, it plays the same way, I'd rather have the Lord of the Rings theme. Thank God I didn't get that either, because that was horrible. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, so when this came out, I'm like, oh boy, here we go again. And then I started hearing a little bit more about it, and then I actually got to see it at TotalCon because Eric brought it with him. Uh-huh. And it's really cool.
1: <laughs> Is it?
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, very different, very fast. It plays very fast. It's, you know, head to head. Let's smack each other around a little bit. Um, it's fun. It, it, it's fun. The dice are really cool looking. Uh, much better quality than quarriers were when they came out. Definitely going to be very, very, very popular. The other one I'm looking forward to, um, is the, uh, Doomtown Reloaded. Oh. That's coming out. The AG's putting AEG, out. yep. Yeah.
1: I never played the original Doomtown, so I know people went gaga over that, but I really couldn't relate it to anything.
2: Yeah, this is one of those games where I had never played the original either. Um, I came home with a whole bunch of cards last year from Gen Con, uh, so I kind of knew this was coming. Uh, wasn't 100% sure, but I had most of the inkling that this was going to happen. Uh, I never got to play it either, but uh, I'm excited. Everyone I've talked to who has played the game you know loves it. It's not one of those games that's just like, oh yeah, I like that game. You no, know, it's one of those I love that game. Yeah. So, you know, the people who are going to play it, it's kind of like like Netrunner. Yeah. There's nobody who likes Netrunner. You either love Netrunner or you don't like Netrunner.
1: Right. Okay, so so little uh, Mr. Uh, AEG Insider, do you think you could whisper in somebody's ear and get them to re-release the Spycraft card game in some sort of format?
2: I was waiting for this question. <laughs> uh, I, have, I have exactly zero pull at AEG. Oh. Um, it, it's funny because people who I know see me at Gen Con walking around with my AEG shirt on, and they assume that I like have a, like I actually work for them. Not really. I'm, I'm a volunteer like everybody else there. I just have a little more authority mm-hmm. uh, for those four days. <laughs> and then uh, once Sunday afternoon comes, that's it. I'm no I'm nobody again. But um, I, I will see what I can do. I I do know people that I could whisper in somebody's ear, but yeah, just I, I whisper know, it. No,
1: problems. because it, because if uh, you know somebody mentioned, well, oh, it was you. It was you that said, you know what? You know, if Doontown's successful, maybe Spycraft. Yeah, and was. you put that little buzz in my ear. It's like, <laughs> crap, Anthony. Why
0: did you say that? Now my hopes are going to be up.
2: <laughs> I only said that because you guys mentioned it on your episode that you used to play the Spycraft game.
0: Oh, it was. There was something about I. We hate seeing it go. It was. It was we're going through our card binge. There was just something about it. It was the mechanics. It was the type of factions you could play. It just really spoke to us. It in had internet.
1: built-in multiplayer rules that worked. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah.
0: It wasn't just a two-player game.
2: All right, I'll whisper for you. We
0: we appreciate that, and we we will make sure you get full credit when it comes back. We will point out (laughs) Anthony made this happen. No, no, no one else. Anthony did. Y'all, y'all need to (laughs) thank. Well, speaking of
1: games, we're looking forward to. I saw that um, a game Tony, you and I've been looking forward to, Crossfire is off to the printers now.
0: Thank God.
1: Uh, Catalyst Game Lab has sent it off to the printers, and they said it should be in their hands and shipped either. It had they had to print offshore. So it'll be somewhere between July and September.
0: Was well, it like behind Leviathan or something? I, yeah. Where? Uh, well, I think was it was all the printing
1: issues. I uh, saw on their blog post today that they wanted to print domestically, and they couldn't pull it off, so they had to go offshore to do it. And when you do that, you know, it's got to get on the ship, come back, go through customs, blah, blah, blah. So they had hoped, hoped to have large stacks in hand at Gen
0: Con. So, um, well, we're not going. So, we can't go. I that know, does us no good. I know. I know. Geez, I'm just telling you the news Get off my back Anthony, could could you do something for us out there? I mean, (laughs) but our kids You know, they're they're getting ready to go off to college And move-in weekend is Gen Con Now Marty told me it's moving A little bit earlier, not this year, but the following year So we appreciate you Whispering somebody's ear up there To make sure that they continue to do that Because that's kind of hard to do you got to move your kids in
2: Yeah, I think they're actually booked for the next 10 years Wow. Um, so in two years, I believe it moves to the weekend that overlaps July and August. It's like the 31st, the 1st, the 2nd, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. They haven't posted already the dates, so you can actually see when. Uh- oh, yeah.
1: Here, I'm there. Okay, here we go. Next year, July 30th through August 2nd. Okay. All right. And then the, the next year, August 4th through the 7th. Then it goes back to middle of August, 17th to the 20th, and then the next three years is early August. So after this year, the next one, two, three, four, five, the next uh, I four, uh, five out of the next six years, early August.
0: That's unreal. So, uh, so, yeah
2: hold on before we go further just one, just one quick shout out about Gen con and how you said how great my wife is. Um, I got to go to Gen con the past couple of years on my anniversary.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, well, that that's cool. I mean, I've said this before on our show, but basically it was Gen Con that got my wife into gaming. The first time we went to, uh, she was not into it until we went to Gen Con, and it was like just the excitement or anything. She's like, I'm in. And then she's been a gamer ever since. So Gen Con's what basically got my entire family into gaming.
2: Yeah, it's also my son's birthday, and I take him with me, so I, that's why I say, well, it's, I'm taking Anthony for his birthday. Sweet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. And uh, speaking of cons, Tony and I are going to try to make it to BGG Con this year.
2: I have not been able to go to that one. That is the one that's at the bad time of the year for me because where I work, uh, that's where year end starts. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the unless somebody's dead, you're not taking off.
1: I, I get that, but yeah, since we don't get to go, we don't get to go to Origins because our both of our kids graduate from high school during Origins. They move into college during Gen Con. So the only big one we had left was
0: BGG, and Tony and I are trying to swing it this year. Rotten kids. <laughs> I know. I, know. <laughs> I mean, well, you bring them into this world, you provide for them, and what do they do? And see, that's interesting, Mark, because uh, if it's at the end of July of Gen Con, that's the same time as Rebecca's birthday. So Perfect. perfect I, I'm there with Anthony. We're going to celebrate a birthday party, dear. Let's go. What day's her birthday? I don't remember. It's sometime in July. I always screw it up. How many days in July? Something. Wow. It's 29, 30, 31. 31. Somewhere around there. It's... It's hot. It was very hot. It was 102 when she was born, or something down here. Right? It was, <laughs> so, so, when was my birthday? It was that day. It was very hot. It was very hot, and your mother was miserable. Okay, it was just which made us all miserable. Okay, just leave, we'll leave it at that. So, oh man, that's just unreal. So, all right. So, you're looking forward to that. You know, there, the other game, and I still haven't found a date on it. I think it's a myth. We missed the Risk Legacy f- thing that went on, and Marty and I were both interested in Seafall. Have you heard anything about that, Anthony? It, it shows no dates or anything. I, I just don't know when it's coming out.
2: I think Seafall, if we do get it in time for 2014, is going to be Christmas.
0: Now, did you play Risk Legacy?
2: Uh, I have wanted to play Risk Legacy. Um, when it came out, I was part of another uh, another game group that's has since Dissolve, and I was really trying to talk everybody into chipping in a few bucks each and getting a copy, mm-hmm. and saying that, okay, every time we get together, we'll play one round of Risk Legacy, and then we'll play every anything else anyone wants to play, and which met with a lot of,
0: yeah, but what if I don't
2: like it? I don't want to keep playing if I don't like it, and I was like, all right, you know, forget it. So, no, I have not played Risk Legacy, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, that's, that was my whole hope for Seafall. We, we'd go take it over to Marty's, and then we'd have it, and uh, the little group gets together at least monthly, and hopefully it'll survive better than our Warhammer um, RPG group that we started. But there's still hope. Okay, I'm coming.
1: sorry. I know it's my turn to run a session. No, I'm I, busy well, doing a podcast over here. I know you are, but that's okay. We can deal with that. Another game, I'll tell you, another game I'm looking forward to, and still no notice of uh, release, Dead of Winter from Plat Hat.
2: Yeah, that will be available for Gen Con.
1: Yeah, I figured it. I figured it was, but I wonder if it'll be beforehand.
2: Um, I, it's probably going to be um, pre-orders will go out the week before Gen Con, and then they'll have it at Gen Con, and then general public probably in September. Yeah, okay. That seems to be how a lot of uh, things work with uh, with them. They, the same thing happened with uh, with Bioshock Infinite last year. Oh, okay, that's they, right. They had it. Went after pre orders went out. They brought some to to Gen Con, sold there, and then it was available everywhere like two weeks later. So,
1: yeah, I'm just thinking of other games I'm looking forward to. Tony mentioned uh, that was a good call. Tony, I I, I forgot about that one, but I am looking for. I'm just not a big Risk fan, so that's why this other one I was really interested in.
0: Yeah, I I hated Risk growing up. And hey, what was I haven't listened to the childhood? um, Did yours play on uh, Dice Tower? Did you send one in, Anthony, about what was your favorite childhood game? No, I didn't. My, my
2: favorite childhood game. Uh, well, they
0: haven't released that yet.
2: Honestly. No, I'll tell it because I'm not on it. So, uh, no, they did release it. Who yeah, they it say. Yeah, they did. Today. Did yeah. Oh,
1: but it's in two parts. Yes. Okay. So is uh, is ours on this one? I, 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 don't I don't haven't know. gotten there yet. I haven't listened to it either. Okay. I don't,
2: I don't listen to it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't even listen to the whole show. <laughs>
0: well, there's what so you many to for
1: exactly.
2: Yeah. Everybody else is listening. What is he? One more, one more person listens. No, I listen to every show. I'm just kidding. I haven't had a chance to listen to it today, though. I I'm,
1: I'm kidding. Okay. Go
2: ahead. Uh, uh, favorite childgun again. When I was a kid, and I still sometimes do it with my brothers, um, I like Monopoly. I, I'll admit it. I like Monopoly. And we would play Monopoly a lot when I was a kid. Um, if I had to go, my all time favorite is going to be Dungeons and Dragons because I used to play The hell out of that. When my cousin would come to town, we would literally play from the time they walked in the door to the time they walked out the door for the whole weekend, we would play. But I like playing Monopoly. Even with some house rules, I still like playing it. It's not a great game, but I think the fact that the the way we get when we play the game is what makes the game fun uh, for me. So, you know, I won't play the game Monopoly with, with people I don't know. I have to play with my brother's. I play with my, my nephews sometimes. They hate playing with me. <laughs>
1: did, speaking of Monopoly, did you see where, um, is it Parker Brothers that makes Monopoly? Who makes Monopoly?
0: Well, there's all uh, kind of U.S.opoly. N- then
1: you no, 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 no. Who, who officially makes Monopoly? Well,
2: technically it's Hasbro. Hasbro. Who is okay. Parker Brothers and uh, whatever the other company used to be called, Mattel. Okay.
1: Did you see that they officially now support house rules?
2: Y- y- they always have.
1: Yeah, but I mean, they officially made an announcement. It's like, we now support house rules for Monopoly. It's like, yeah, we've been doing that for like 50 years. Where have you been?
2: Yeah, I remember when I was young, there was a Monopoly, like kind of like a dictionary thing, but it was like a, a book all about different ways to play Monopoly that mm-hmm. one of my neighbors had. And I recall us picking and choosing stuff out of there to use for house rules. Like, who cares? Who, who cares that you changed and got rid of the iron and made a cat? I don't care.
1: You know, I'm wondering for all those years I played as a child, if I ever played it right. I bet I didn't. Oh,
0: I know I didn't. Cause free parking, you got the money. Wait a minute, you don't get the, you don't get the money.
2: No, there's no money. No, that makes the game go longer.
1: Say so, okay. Well, there you go, right there. And we always <laughs> we threw everything into the middle of the board, and then if you land on free parking, you got it all.
2: Yeah, and did you auction off the properties if no one took it?
1: No, we didn't do that.
2: Okay, that's also a rule. Also, we, yeah. The one rule we we still use, even when we play with the rest of the correct rules, is if you land exactly on Go, you collect $400 instead of
1: $200. Ah, oh, that's, that's nice. We never did that one.
2: But uh, what I do with my Monopoly set is I actually went out and bought uh, six of them at garage sales, uh, and everybody gets to play as the car. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> Because my kids would fight. I want to be the car. So I just went, every time I saw one, I would buy it. I was like, why are you buying another Monopoly game? I said, I'm, it was 50 cents, and I'm taking the damn car out of it. So,
1: <laughs> And what piece was it they just retired?
2: Uh The iron.
1: Okay, the iron. Okay. And introduced? Uh, the cat. cat. Okay.
0: <sniffs> cat. Well, how many versions do you have of Monopoly? I mean, I know I've got... Stateopoly, U.S. Coast Guard uh, Monopoly, and Regular Monopoly, and 25th I don't know, there's so many around this house
2: Alright, I have Regular Monopoly Um, It's the same copy I had since I was a kid With the extra cars in it now Um, I have Monopoly City Which is uh, It's actually a cooler version of Monopoly Which we've played once and we've never played since But it's very cool, it has little buildings That you actually build around the board Um, then I have the Star Wars Monopoly, which my kids had gotten as a gift. Uh, and we have a couple of versions of the kids Monopoly. Uh, we have like a Disney princess one and a SpongeBob one. And I think regular old Monopoly junior, which is actually a pretty good kids game. All the Monopoly junior games are actually a lot better than regular Monopoly.
0: Yeah, I had a junior around here, a Monopoly junior. You're right. It was pretty good. The one that probably, you know, you're walking through the mass market and you see the one Monopoly of with the electronic banking, that was wrong. You, you, where where was the teaching the math? You know, come on, guys. I mean, just swy, let's teach our kids how to use credit cards. There you go. Slide the card. I'm like, what? What's up with that? So, sorry. I diverged, but that's okay. I'm allowed You to. diverge? Yeah, I diverged. I went off to the side. <laughs> a tangent.
1: Well, early, early, early you were you were digressing. Now you're diverging. I, I don't even know where we're going anymore. Dude, it's I eleven o'clock. <laughs> he digressed. He I diverged. He diverged. There was a tangent. Oh, okay, so spe- speaking of classic games and different versions. Sorry, I am oh, sorry. <laughs> I am so very tempted to drop the money on the um, the tenth anniversary edition of Ticket to Ride. That looks so sweet. Why? Have you not seen it? Yeah. Why? You don't play it now? Because it's flipping awesome. Why does Anthony have sixty-five versions of Monopoly? Because it's cool. No,
0: because his no. brothers play.
2: No, I don't have sixty-five versions. I just have eight race cars. <laughs> my one copy.
0: <laughs> I'm just make, yeah making a number. But anyway, you no. Know,
1: I mean, i just because it's a cool because it's a cool version to have. It looks good. That's a collector's
0: edition. So it can. So this is where we go, Anthony. We we we'll go back and forth on. So and I understand. Yeah, you know, that's the cool version. Yada yada yada. But uh, is it worth spending the money for the cool version if the game never comes off the shelf? You'll you'll play it one time. You'll break the seal, or will you? Or are you going to do like we did our baseball cards and we're going to stick them away so that they can pay for I don't know our kids' graduate school or something? No, graduate school. He's on his own, so I don't even care about that. Okay. So, by the way, Anthony, do you collect baseball cards?
2: Oh, I have I had thousands and thousands and thousands. When you guys were talking about it on the show, I, I was sitting there going, "Yep, I was there."
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's your What's your favorite one? What's the best one in your collection?
2: Um, I have a lot of old ones. I have a uh, I collected both baseball and hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The hockey ones are more of my favorites. I have a Bobby Orr rookie card.
0: Oh, What's nine. it worth?
2: Uh, oh, it's still worth it. it's still worth a bit of money, not as much as it was. And I refuse to go and pay to get it graded. Um, but uh, I'm trying to remember the year. It was like fifty five, fifty six. Um, Tops made cards that looked like little TV sets.
1: Oh, <laughs> that was uh, what year was that? That was
0: actually Bowman, wasn't it? Well, Bowman? Oh, you're right. It was Bowman. Bowman of well, fifty six. Yep.
2: Uh Topps made them and OPG made them in Canada. Uh and those okay. are the hockey cards and those are like that's like my favorite hockey set. Um I have a full set Oh hockey, set. not baseball. Yeah, I have a full set of those. Uh it's not mint, but I do have a few of the like the the top players in there. I have do have some mint cards from them. I used to spend a lot of money on it. So um yeah, I used to collect the autographs and all that other good fun stuff and
1: oh yeah, Tony and I would go to. Um, we had a local baseball card shop here, and we go to auctions monthly auctions. That was so much fun.
2: Yeah, we used to go to conventions. They had car- a baseball card convention in our area at yep. least every other month.
1: Yeah, that we did too. Tony, remember it was at the uh,
0: it was at the uh, Carowinds uh, mall over there near us. Yeah, you had that, and then at the Metro Flea Market up north of us. So yeah, yep. And, and the, uh, oh, what's
1: the, where's the Southern, uh, show done? Southern spring show. Yeah.
0: Charlotte merchandising mark. Which yep. They is had a big show in there.
1: Oh my gosh. The money I dropped. Oh man.
2: Yeah. After a while I stopped buying cards and I started doing like memorabilia stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, you know, I met Joe DiMaggio and Mickey Mantle and,
0: oh. you know,
2: I have like these limited edition prints signed by them and stuff. So, uh, that stuff is still worth money. Thank That's God. cool. Thank That's God. Very but, very cool. Uh, yeah, all my baseball card stuff is you know, no, no, it's you're, worth the paper printed on. That's about it now.
0: <laughs> I, yeah. Now, so Detroit's your team. So, but what's your classic? Who's your who's your favorite Detroit player? Do you have one?
2: Uh, I am a Kurt Gibson fan for life. Uh, Kurt Gibson, when I had switched over as a young boy from being a Yankee fan to a Tiger fan, uh, Gibson was a rookie. That year, and I really liked the way he played. He he hustled. He, you know, was seemed like a no nonsense kind of guy. And I'm like, I like this guy. I, I want to root for him and his team. Uh, so he's my all time favorite player. So when Detroit doesn't do so well, I kind of root a little bit for Arizona right now because he's the manager there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, Kirk Gibson is my favorite player of all time.
1: Uh, your your team just dropped a load of cash on a player. Just a bit. Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> okay, you gonna have to fill me in, dude, because you know you I'm Miguel out of Cabrera
1: tennis. just just oh. signed. Was it a ten year deal?
2: Uh, he signed an eight year extension with two option years at the end. The two option years are worth thirty million apiece. Yeah,
1: so th- almost $300 million. yeah it's almost three hundred million dollars. Yes. no, no
2: it's 200- $292 Think he got. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's
1: yeah. so,
2: so
0: And
1: you know what? Yeah. about 75 percent of our listeners turned off about five minutes ago because we started talking about sports. For some reason so some reason I don't really get it. There are so many gamers I know that can't stand
0: sports, and I just don't get that.
2: They were talking about the sports ball, and I had to turn it off) <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, I'll tie it right back in, because I mentioned this. you know, growing up, one of my favorite games was APBA Baseball. I love that game. Did you ever play that or Stratomatic or or whatever that one was called? Stratomatic. Stratomatic,
2: yeah. Um, uh, We played both. And it was funny because one of the guys that was like my best friend growing up, we would play. And then when we were in college, we both worked at a hospital. And we worked the overnight shift. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, I worked in the emergency room registration desk. And he worked in the computer room doing like the backup reports. So he'd start the backup report, and the way my desk, the registration desk was, it was a little, like, alcove next to it with a sliding glass window. And we would set up Stratomatic in there, and we would play all night long. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Yeah, so we had, like, like, whole leagues and years and seasons and all that uh playing Stratomatic and APBA. So I played all those things. I've been playing fantasy baseball for t- 20-some-odd years now. My first yep. year not playing, I feel so...
1: This is Tony's first year not playing in a long time. He was in our league, and he said, "Okay, I'm done."
2: Yeah, I, I got like the the shakes. I'm actually watching baseball just for the joy of watching baseball now. Not caring. What anybody
1: does <laughs> yeah that, that's that 's kind of nice as i 'm sitting here as we 're talking, I keep going back over to the tab to check on my fantasy baseball team and see how they 're doing tonight, so not 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 very good so far
0: and, and marty 's being kind this isn 't yes, this is the first year i 've never been to the draft this isn 't the first year i 've stopped playing fantasy baseball i 've gone to the draft, <laughs> and i 've drafted <laughs> that's players. True. And I've walked out of the draft, and I was done. That was it. I just now I, I will play some fantasy football. I can keep up with fantasy football, but you know which. Well, that's an easy sport. Yeah. Now, now first and goal. I'm I'm interested in that game, I know they've got a Kickstarter out there, don't they, for their digital version? Digital version. Yeah. I've never played that one. How about you, Anthony? You ever gotten on first and goal?
2: Oh, I haven't. And actually, they. Guys at R&R come down to Dice Terror Convention, and they had it there that first year I went. I never got a chance to go over and try it, because, uh, I heard, you know, some good things. A lot of times with board games and trying to simulate sports, they don't do a very good job. Um, you know, even like Stratomatic, for the time, it was pretty cool. But looking back on it, it wasn't the best game. Uh, so this day and age when you try to make a game that's about sports, it's very hard to simulate the actual uh, play of it. Um, someone sent me a prototype for a game that was on Kickstarter, and they didn't fund Are They're going to be coming back on. That is, um, Have you ever played Blood Bowl?
1: Uh, I, I've seen it. As a friend of ours who really wants us to play it, but I've never tried it. All right,
2: it. so Blood Bowl is a miniatures-based football game where you play with fantasy characters. So it mm-hmm. was goblin teams and whatnot. Yeah. They have Warhammer. Yeah, they have a hockey game that's played similarly. Uh they sent it to me because I love hockey. Uh and it it's a lot of fun. It the thing is it doesn't really simulate hockey till it's full. so if you're looking for a full game that feels exactly like hockey, this isn't it. I don't think you'll ever find a game that's exactly it just because of the the timing. You know, hockey's a very fast game. You cannot play this game fast. If anyone's ever played Car Wars, which is coming back out from Steve Jackson games, mm-hmm. a, a turn to move everything around takes like 10 minutes to do, if not longer. And it's literally like two seconds of real time is what it's supposed to simulate. Okay. So wow. th- there's no possible way to do these things I- in games and do them well um, if you're, what you're trying to get is the full experience of playing in that sporting event.
1: So sp- speaking of which, have you tried that game that's on Kickstarter right now, that baseball, is at 2095?
2: Uh, that's another game that I've been to Two conventions now with uh, with Ralph from uh, Eagle Griffin, who's had the game uh, there, and I, every single time I went over to go try it, either people were already playing, or he wasn't there at the time. Uh, it looks really interesting. You know, it's baseball in the future, and um, you know you're playing with robots. I believe it is. Or?
1: Yeah, it is. I just didn't know how it it played.
2: Yeah, no, sorry, I can't give you any more feedback. It looks it looks interesting, but.
0: Well, Anthony, I know we're not going to try to compete with the cardboard jungle on length, and we know that you – I've got one, one more question, then we'll start wrapping up here. But I, you I listened to your interview on Little Metal Dog Show a while back. How are your other projects going? You were talking about getting some other projects going. How's that going for you? Have well, you we
2: – yeah. Um, we just launched uh, about a week and a half ago the, uh, the Kick Me podcast – and uh, basically what that is is just basically the interview that you would do with someone who's running a Kickstarter project that would be part of our normal uh, episode. I, I stopped doing them because, one, I could not accommodate everyone who wanted to come on the show or anyone, everyone I wanted to have on the show uh, without making the show five hours long instead of four hours long at the time. Uh, so I decided to do this. And then basically each episode comes out. As quickly as I get them. We released three of them on the first day that we launched. Um, so anyone who has a Kickstarter project that's launching on Kickstarter uh, comes on. We do like a 15, 20-minute interview uh, where they basically get to talk about the game. And the whole episode is just me and that person talking about their game. Uh, so that one is going. It's live. It's happening. Uh, I also produce uh, board rumors on YouTube. Every other Thursday, I do a live uh, panel discussion. Uh, about different topics. I'm actually on the show that's being recorded this week. Um, so then the other stuff I have going is coming along slowly. Um, it, it's funny because, again, I didn't do this to become famous or anything. Or I just like games and I like talking about it and I keep having these ideas of different things I want to do. So we're actually working on launching into video uh, programming. So we'll have some video reviews and some other stuff happening. Um, I have another show that's in the works that's based on, uh, that same panel discussion, but all the panelists will be actually regular everyday Joe gamers. Uh, so that's in the works. So, and then I have another one that, that when I'm most excited to finally get happening is we have a show that we work on called foreplay where we're going to have four reviewers review a game simultaneously. Um, So we'll get different opinions of the same thing, and people can actually argue with each other about why someone's opinion is wrong. So if, you know, someone's on the show and they say, well, this game is bad because it's such and such, and someone else says, no, 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 you're you're wrong. It's good because of this. I I think that would make for an interesting way to do reviews and a way to watch reviews. Uh, Because we all watch multiple people uh, who do reviews, and everyone has different opinions. But, you know, sometimes you watch one and then, I don't usually sit there and watch, like, three different reviews by three different people at the same time. But, like, I'll watch Tom's review, and then I'll go watch Ryan's review a couple of days later, and then I'll go watch, like, Joel Letty's review, you know, a couple days after that when they come out. But this would be like, you know, there's four people telling you what they think of the game at the same time. So that that's, as far as uh, trying to put that all together, is not that simple Um <laughs> It would be easy if I knew three other people who reviewed games who lived here that we can always sit in my living room and do it. But uh, just trying to coordinate all that is not that easy.
1: So when are you going to work, sleep, and eat?
2: Uh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Okay. (laughs) Maybe not even That's
1: a lot lot going on. Jeez.
0: Yeah, I mean, mean, we're just trying to put together, and Marty does a fabulous job because I break stuff on the PSAs for, you know, board game breakfast, and, I mean, that's, what did you hear? It's what? For every minute of e- of video, it's 30 minutes of editing or something silly like that? It's it's ridiculous. It's true for us so far.
2: Yeah, that's why I don't edit. That's why I show it that long because I'm like, okay, whatever it is.
1: <laughs> yeah well that yeah, i was talking about for video it's not as bad for audio it doesn't take as, it's not as long but um
2: that's the one thing about doing it live like doing the live video panel thing yeah
1: that's true it's that's
2: true whatever happens happens and and they wouldn't be on the network so if someone slips and a naughty word comes out of their mouth it, it, it happens
0: but
1: oh my gosh it, it, it it's hard to keep tony's tongue tamed i mean we're just
0: slipping all the time you got that right and anthony are you going to join our brony club <laughs> Sorry.
2: Um, no, uh, my son Anthony might join. He, he's a brony.
0: Oh, okay. Nice.
2: Uh, and so he I, needs
1: to check out. He needs to check out the card game. then. it's pretty good.
2: He was all excited last year at GenCon when because I had heard it was they were showing it there, and I said to him, I said, make sure you walk down this particular row, and he's like, why? I said, just when you leave the room, just go down that row over there. And I'm watching him, and he's going by, and he's looking, and all of a sudden I see him. He catches his eye, and I see him like stop dead in his tracks. And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, he saw it."
1: Yep. It's it's not bad. It's worth buying a starter deck or two for. um, It's a deeper game than what it looks like. Like we said,
2: yeah. I I was trying to get it for him for Christmas, but I couldn't find them anywhere at the time. And then I don't know if he's gotten them since then because, like I said, he's going to be 21, so you know he buys his own games now.
1: Gotcha,
0: gotcha. No, understand that. Well, man, I I really do appreciate you coming on the show tonight, Anthony. It's been an honor, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, any anything, any closing thoughts from from the man who who uh, you know helped us get started here? We really do. You 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 gave us some ideas. You helped us along the way, and we thank you for that because it's it's been a fun year for us, and and we hopefully will be around as long as cardboard jungle.
2: I hope you're around longer than Cardboard Jungle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I got you by a few years on age, big guy. I, I don't know about that, but anyway.
2: Well, I, and I just hope that you enjoy doing this even longer than past when I stop enjoying doing this.
0: Oh, yeah, seriously. No, it's fun. Wait, you're it's trying fun. to kill
2: me off there, Tony?
0: <laughs> no, never. No, 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 no. I, I got you by years. I know that. So, But, no, it's um, it, it, the group, and this is something we always say. Board gamers, and I'm not trying to blow smoke or anything. It's they're just a good group of people to sit down and have someone explain a game. I mean, you can do it anywhere in any convention. Here, come on, come play Werewolf, come play Resistance. I don't think so, but anyway.
1: No, and and it's and it's a good point. And since we have you on, Anthony, I do. I would like to thank you for a lot of the tips and help that you've given us over the past year. That's what's so cool about when we got on the Dice Tower Network. There is no competition between any of the podcasts. Uh, we have our own little uh, Facebook group that we do some planning and talking and everybody in there is so helpful and nice to each other. Nobody's like, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be on your show because I don't want to help your show or I'm not going to give you ideas or tips to help you out. Everybody just wants everybody to succeed because if everybody succeeds, that helps the entire hobby. So I just personally want to thank you for all the help that you've given us in the past year or so
2: yeah oh, you're welcome. I think it's pretty funny because I have no idea what I'm talking about. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's, it was, it's, well, yeah, you say you don't, but it's just little things, little tips that you know we we ask for tips. I mean, like this past uh, couple weeks ago, I, I was saying we're starting to get a lot of requests reviews and stuff, and a lot of you guys came back and said, "Here's how to handle a lot of those and how to be tactful with some of those," and that was just some good, that was just really good advice.
2: Oh, you're welcome. You know, it's funny because I, I laugh now. Um, we talking about the the not just another game podcast guys earlier, and they have a unofficial drinking game on their show um, because they mentioned my name a lot <laughs> so much that for a while I was he who shall not be named.
0: Cause <laughs> I like that
2: because uh, they didn't want to call me by name or they call me that other guy. Uh, but I, I have noticed you guys keep mentioning me on the show, and it's getting me a oh. little nervous. <laughs>
0: No, it's not that. Well, it's just that there's um, it, it, you just just listening to your show. I mean, I don't know. It was funny. Like I said, going back to your first show and listening to y'all start off, I'm like, you can relate, and, and I think that's why. I mean, just there's some things you've said. I, we can relate to you, and I don't know why that is. It's just maybe it's the same viewpoint. Some of the things you're saying. I'm like, yeah, I, hey, I'm right there with him. So, and I think that's 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 why. No, no more than that. I promise, I'll keep it down to anthony one time a show how about that
2: all right and, and for everyone who <laughs> listens to this show now that i've been on you realize that i actually am a nice guy because i know tony always makes it sound like i'm some sort of mean person to him
0: <laughs> for the love of it, benji anthony is a great guy cool. for the love, of all right, love wait of
2: before benji. I, before i go this, this is what it usually sounds like on the show this is tony well you know marty um I like when we go and do that thing. Now, A- Anthony up there in Cardboard Jungle, don't you be saying nothing bad about that. And, uh.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm we...
1: not laughing at what you're saying. I'm laughing at your southern accent. <laughs> no.
0: Really? That's the best you got? I mean, I can roll I can. my car. Can go park your car in the garage. You know? that, but that,
2: that, that's that's a Boston accent.
0: It's close enough for us guys down do you, here, now.
2: Do you want me to this get? Do you want me to get, get all, like do for t justice on you with this accent?
0: Let let me just hear you say, y'all. That's all I need to hear.
2: Y'all, very
0: good. Y'all. <laughs>
1: Like a southern bell.
0: Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. Any t- Anytime you're you down in this area, let us know. Because we'd love to uh, play a game, hopefully, maybe next year, Gen Con, or who knows where we can run into you at a convention. I think it would be a hoot. There be oh, oh.
2: If I'm ever down there, you're going to know. Not from me telling you. But from your, all your neighbors saying, you know, there's this guy from up, up north is down here. And he, I don't know what's wrong with him.
0: Okay, most of my neighbors are from Ohio. <laughs>
1: yeah. So here's the thing. We live in Charlotte where we have a lot of New York transplants. And there are a lot of areas of this town where you go where you don't hear a southern accent at all. It's really funny.
2: Well, what's funny is I'm from the city. I'm from the Bronx. Uh, where I live is only about an hour north. Growing up, this was the country uh, So the people who live up here There's two kinds There's people who used to live in the city And people who grew up here their whole lives So people who grew up here their whole lives Sound like they're from the Midwest And then you have those Yahoos from the city that come up Like me And then eventually our accents kind of blend together So like when I was young, I used to talk a lot more like this When I'd say things, you know I'd say like, you know Duh and uh and what <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sound like Benny Barbarino. That's, that's how we, we from Welcome Back, Carter. <laughs> that,
2: that, that's how we talk, you know, because people say, "Where you coming from?" And I said, "Like I'm going to the store," you know, I'm going to the corner, and uh, we don't pronounce G's. So you, you're not going anywhere. You're going. I'm going there. You no, know, I'm talking to this guy, and he says to me, why, "Why? Why you gotta be like that?" And I'm like, "I don't know, man. Why you give me so flack and everything?" But now it's you know.
1: It's, it's Vinnie Barbarino. It's John Travolta. It's like, what? what?
2: Where? Well, you know. Where? You rockin', rollin'. You know. <laughs> but, uh, right, I'll tell you a funny story about Vinnie Barbarino before we, you let me go. Uh, I'm from the Bronx. So growing up uh, in the Bronx, people who were from Brooklyn, where Vinnie Barbarino and John Travolta are from, they talk different. Ah, oh. The only time you could tell yeah. is if you're from the Bronx, if you're from anywhere else, we all sound the same. We all sound like this, you know, like we're talking. It's like saying stuff and people are <laughs> right. saying.
1: Unreal. That's hilarious. There's two things I want to mention before we go. One is um, there is a Kickstarter project that I wanted to mention that's going on right now. From um, It is from 64-ounce games, and these guys are basically providing um, – Uh, want to get some funding in order to provide what they call blind accessible cards. Anthony, have you heard about this?
2: Oh yeah, we talked about it on our show. Uh, Richard Gibb runs it, and what they're doing is they are going to be making the the Braille to be able to apply to these cards from these regular games for these things. They're uh, using the money to fund the uh, supplies they need and the embosers they need in order to provide these two people who are blind so they can enjoy the same games that we enjoy. And I actually have a self-imposed Kickstarter um, embargo that I put myself on. And I backed this the day that it launched because uh, I I think it's fantastic. I think it's one of the the coolest things out there. Everyone who's listening.
1: All 10 of you, go ahead.
2: Go and back this. You do not need this. You don't need to have it. I told Richard already, I backed, which gets me a copy of his, of the actual game. I said, I don't even want the game. Just take the money, take my money, use every penny of it towards this project. Cause that's how much I think it, it's a worthy project. It's something that is not, is not out there. Um, and again, we talked about how nice gamers are. We want everyone to be able to play. And this is a way to let more people enjoy, maybe not all, but some of the games that we get to play.
1: Yep, and if you go out there to Kickstarter and just search for, like, uh, it's called, the title of it is called Board Games Now Blind Accessible. Search for that or search for Braille and you'll find it. And like I said, the idea is a lot lot of it is just going to be buying card sleeves or or creating card sleeves to put the cards in so that both uh, blind people and and people that can can see will be able to, to play the game. And there are a lot of companies that are going to be jumping in and helping out, and I'm looking at them now. There's probably... Uh, 25 to 30 companies um, who were like, yes, we want to be a part of this. And TMG, Rio Grande Games, Indie, uh, Borden Games, this thing is looking at some of the, the big ones on here, um, and, and, and a lot of others that, uh, and I, I thought it was a great project, and I thought the exact same thing. I'm back in this, sight unseen. I don't get anything back from it. I don't care, because I think this is a worthy cause to be giving to, to help make games more accessible to all people. So I recommend everybody go out back. This, the minimum funding is just 10 bucks. Just give them $10. There are this at this day, April 1st, there's 22 days left. They have met their goal, but we want to break that. And, uh, you know, more, uh, people that do things like this and it is successful, then we'll have more of this down the future. So I wanted to bring that up and, and thanks for, uh, Given a little more uh, details on that Anthony the last thing I wanted to mention <clears throat> is we're going to start doing something the to Dice Tower this month called the Dice Tower Network Game of the Month Club where several of the podcasts are going to play a game same game, and on their shows talk about their game experience to talk about some sort of aspect of that game. This is a way to do some sort of cross-promotion between the shows. And uh, not every show is going to participate. Different shows will participate each month. And the first game that we're going to be doing is an oldie but a goodie, Settlers of Catan. This is a game I have not actually played in a couple years, kind of looking forward to play again. Tony and I are going to get together. We're actually going to try to get with another hardcore gamer that's never played To get his thoughts on it, see what he thinks of it. Now that uh, you know that he's used to playing games and what he thinks about settlers, there are other shows going to be doing things, and we'll be promoting those shows as they start doing uh, their segments. And also on the uh, board game geek, wow, board game geek. Uh, guild for the Dice Tower. We're going to start a thread in there so that people can come and share their game experiences they play the game too. So again, it's called the Dice Tower Network Game of the Month Club, and the first game up is Settlers of Catan or Catan, which however
0: you want to say it. Okay, you done? Good job. Well, well said, sir. I'm glad you said that because I would have eaten all those words up pretty bad. So once again, Anthony, thank you for taking. Oh. We, what are you doing for International Tabletop Day, Anthony?
2: Uh, my kids are competing in a dance competition that day up uh, up in Albany, New York, and I have scouted out a game store up there <laughs> that is in the area, so as soon as they're done, I will be heading over there. Uh, it's in Greenbush, New York. I forgot the name of it right now. Uh, it's the only game store in Greenbush, New York, so if you're listening and you're in the Albany area sometime in the evening of Tabletop Day, I will be at that store in Greenbush,
0: so you get to. How far are you from the Finger Lakes?
2: Um, I have no idea. Okay.
0: <laughs> how far are you from Buffalo? Uh,
2: from Buffalo, we're probably about six hours. Okay. Yeah, I'm on the. Like where New York City is, if you go straight up, mm-hmm. I'm right there. I'm like just where the little extra piece of New York that hangs down ends.
0: <laughs> yeah, guys, don't mind us. I, I have to go visit in laws periodically up in New York. So that's why. I'll never forget that. When I got off the plane, I was like, welcome. Hey, we're not in Kansas anymore. We're not in North Carolina. Everybody was like, what is he saying? So anyway, that's okay.
1: And uh, one more thing. Anthony, why don't you give a mention of how everybody can contact you via your website, Twitter, whatever. Where can they find you?
2: All right, you can find me on Twitter at cbj CBJpodcast. Uh, you can email any questions to me at thecardboardjungle at gmail.com. Uh, we are on iTunes. You can search for us there. There's two feeds there if this is your first time finding us. The feed that has the microphone emblem on it, those are the first 28 episodes of the show. We got to switch to a new feed. So the one that looks like the old CBGB logo, uh, that's the new feed. So if you wanted to start where you know we are currently, just subscribe to that one. You don't have to go back. You won't hurt my feelings.
0: Cool. Tony, you got any last words? other than thanks again Anthony do appreciate your time.
2: Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on and I'm, you know, happy to be here.
0: This was fun. This was a lot of fun.
2: It so. was. We probably could have went like another 2 hours.
1: Actually we could. I see how you could do the 3 hour thing. So we're actually running over what we normally do, but no it was worth it. This was a lot of fun. We need to do it again and so we can cover other hour and a half of material.
2: Well, next time we'll do it and we'll make it like a four part series.
0: Nice. I like it. I can do that, and, and we'll get other people. Come on in here. Let's see what we can do. But no, you know, uh, we can
2: do it with it. We can do it without Tony.
0: Yes, I've, I'm used to that.
2: We could have one of those voiceover things, like playing the part of Tony McCree <laughs> Anthony Riccano.
0: <laughs> well, you know, Marty. So. <laughs> I'm sending you how to speak Southern Dictionary. I'm going. To put, I'm going to put that in the mail right now. I think, I think there's a Rosetta Stone for that now. I think there is too. Now you know I work with, with the power industry, and one of the things is that you have one of the laws. There is a law that you have to speak in English. We tried to get it changed to Southern English, but they wouldn't let us do it. But I'm just saying that's just the way it is. So, there, so,
2: so when you say you're fixing, that means you're actually going to be fixing something, not making something.
1: Well, no, it, it depends. If you're saying what kind of fixing do you want, that when it's a noun, it's a food. When it's a verb, you're actually repairing something. No, right, but so if you're, you're at,
2: fixing to be doing something.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're getting ready to do
2: something. But you're not even repairing.
1: Well, that's true. Okay, that you're repairing is the wrong word. You fixing can be a verb or a noun. When it's a noun, it's a food.
0: And once again, what is the wool hat you put on your head? A wool hat, a cap? right? Well, down here is. No, it's called a to- no, no, no. What
1: what is the, uh, the 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 cap, the wool cap you put that you pull down over your ears in the winter time?
0: What's it called? See, down here uh, is called a tobog. That's to- called a toboggan.
2: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> What's the toboggan up there?
2: Uh, a, a sled. <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> yep.
1: Down here is toboggans. A hat. My wife is, is, is from it the- pop.
2: <laughs> is it pop? Uh, no, in no, there?
1: no. No, it's a soft
0: drink. Or Coke. Oh, uh, no, okay. Or Coke. The generic uh, Coke. My wife's so from like Rochester. A lemon, a lemon
2: Coke? Right
0: <laughs> yeah. My 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 wife is from Rochester, so when I told her I was putting the toboggan on my head, she thought I was going to put a sled on my head. She had no clue what I was talking about. Anyway. Anyway, hey, keep rolling dice. <laughs> and taking names.
2: I'll see you later. Hi, this is Vinny Barberino, and I just want to tell you that you should go and check out, rolldiceandtakenames.com. Go over to the Board Game Geek Guild and check them out there. They talk about lots of things. Uh, you can follow them on the Twitter. I don't know what that is, but uh, you go to at Dice and Names, and you can find them there. And um, I got to get out of here because I got to go do some homework or something. This is Tony. Well, you know, Marty... Um I like when we go and do that thing. Now, Anthony up there in Cardboard Jungle, don't you be saying nothing bad about that.